Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis. This is episode 31, and we're going to talk about weed and anxiety. I don't know, I'm just going to roll into this because I promised a friend that I would help her move. Way to go, Heather, scoring a place by the beach. Fuck yeah. And I swore that I would have this recording done and ready to edit completely ready to post so that I could help her out on Thursday and I'm just going to make sure that I get this done. Ah, so let's just start in order to help me along too. I have a couple joints rolled. I've got a nice pipe filled with, uh, some, some super silver haze and some hash that I've got. And what anxiety episode would be complete without some CBD to go with it. So I've got my ACDC that I scored in Colorado. Oh, and the joints are, let's see here. What are the joints? I think I have a super silver haze joint and then I have a sour diesel joint. Super silver haze is wrapped in my blueberry paper. And then I wrapped the sour diesel in the cherry paper. So it's got a little cherry pie-ness to it as well. (laughs) Yes. Because most of my day is just about hanging out and getting getting kind of stoned. I've been getting really stoned lately. And uh, a little too stoned almost, even one might say. But I've also been battling a lot of that depression. If you remember last week, I was kind of meh. And I'm definitely picking back up. I'm working on my vitamin D. I went to yoga this morning. That was fantastic. Got some of the feels out. Definitely did some crying. I don't know what all that was about. But you just feel it and let it go and send that shit on its way. <laughs> So I usually like to open up with a segment that I call Stoner Moments, uh, which is uh, a a segment where I go over things that were in previous episodes. I feel that I would like to clarify a little bit better or I maybe completely uh, omitted uh, and I want to make sure that I touch back on that or or just basically... uh, an opportunity to give myself a chance to fail in every podcast and then succeed again. So sterner moments that I want to mention is that I think in one podcast, after the Soothing Sues one, I mentioned that I pop my Soothing Sues into the microwave. And apparently that was bad. That's not the way that you do it. And I have since stopped, but I haven't mentioned it on the podcast that that is not the way to go about it. And I I did after a while, especially when you get really low or if you don't get the timing just right, it would get really warm, the oil in the microwave, and uh, you could potentially be decarboxylating it, which isn't my my option that I wanted to go for and might explain why I felt a little bit more high when I would use some if uh, uh, I was dabbing and not getting as high. Uh, I haven't tested that theory out yet, but it could certainly be an explanation. So uh, instead, now I just usually I put it, uh, well, I put it like in between the boobies is usually a good place if I'm going to walk around. I can, like, secure it with the bra and the boobs and then, like, wash my face. Or if I'm watching TV, I just slip it under or between the thighs and use the body heat 
in order to warm it up. It just depends on how much oil I need. If I'm just going to use it as a skin lotion, then uh, I don't need the whole thing warmed up. Uh, and it usually doesn't take more than 10 minutes. If I need the whole bottle warmed up and it's an especially cold night, I might put it in in a really warm place, maybe uh, over by the stove and then do a little cooking or something like that. Maybe heat up some tea to go with it. Um, but don't put it in the microwave. That is not a Soothing Sue approved method of warming up the coconut oil. So I wanted to throw that out there. Another thing that I wanted to say, just kind of not even a stoner moment, just as a side note, is that I was on Facebook the other day and I saw a video uh, that was posted by the workshop uh, of Dr. Jeff Raber's presentation at the Women Grow uh, conference. And it was really, really good. So I just want to give a shout out to that. I reposted it on the Spliff Podcast Facebook page if you wanted to check it out. Though I'm sure you could also still go to the Workshop Facebook page and see it there too. And that's Workshop, W-E-R-C, not your traditional W-O-R-K. I think it's time to light up one of these joints. Let's see. Let's, I want to do the cherry one. Let's start with some sour diesel. So when dealing with anxiety and cannabis, there are really two different sides to discuss. There's cannabis relieved anxiety, that is anxiety that you have in your day-to-day life and you are trying to use cannabis to relieve that. And then there is cannabis-induced anxiety. And that is when you have tried to use cannabis for whatever means and that is when you have tried to use cannabis for whatever end And the means has taken you on a very anxiety-laden journey, quite unfortunately. The way to handle either one of those can be similar depending on your own physiology, the way that you personally experience weed. Um, But there's also different things that you can do too. Uh, Oh, and then another caveat is that people's definition of anxiety is also going to vary. Now, my definition is really different than it was a few years ago. Uh, The anxiety levels that I was feeling several years ago were on crazy levels compared to the relatively anxiety-free life that I lead now where I at least get yoga and meditation. I have ample access to cannabis on a very regular basis. And most importantly, I don't work in a shitty place where I have shitty bosses giving me shitty assignments with completely impractical guidelines, deadlines, and expectations. So in my life now, pretty much any thought process that is unwanted and produces feelings of panic or stress, 
I kind of write off as anxiety. And to a lot of people, that's just going to be living your fucking day. That's just the way that you get shit done. And you just want to break from that every now and then, which is totally understandable. Uh, But for the purposes of this discussion, we're going to define anxiety as any irrational, uncontrollable, and or unwanted thought pattern. Because that's a pretty standard definition to anybody's definition of anxiety, I feel. So whether you came into it with those thoughts, or whether those thoughts developed as an effect of the cannabis experience, we're going to talk about weed and anxiety. So I want to start by saying that cannabis is not a cure-all, whether you have a, a very stressful situation that you have come into, or or whether you take some other advice that I'm going to give where you use cannabis to alleviate the effects of cannabis. It can reduce your physiological responses to very stressful situations temporarily, but it can't relieve your anxiety overall. It isn't a, a long-term solution, though it can certainly be used to help numb out some of the pain emotionally and physically that comes with being over-anxious or over-stressed on a regular basis. There's still been times in my life where I had regular access to cannabis. I could use it regularly, but because of other life factors that I didn't feel I had enough power over, I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown almost on an hour-by-hour basis for months. And there was no amount of sativa, indica, CBD, any amount of weed, period, that was going to change my life situation. But it absolutely when applied correctly, I feel helped me be in an emotional and mental and physical place where I could make better decisions in very stressful situations. Absolutely. Now, while some people might be trying to stave off a nervous breakdown using cannabis, others may find that it induces a nervous breakdown. Um, there's a a thing called depersonalization where I think maybe just as a victim of abuse growing up, I experienced it regularly. So I don't find it to be unnerving. Um, uh, I find it to, to sometimes be welcoming as a way of exploring my mental state. And there are many people, especially those who really prefer a a grounded mental control over their body and thought process, that find that detachment from themselves into their head to be extremely uncomfortable. And one of the things to remember, if this is the way that you've experienced cannabis before 
and you are considering experimenting with cannabis is to remember that one of cannabis's main uses is as a magnifier of self-awareness and exploration, and you will be pushed into some uncomfortable places within yourself, and they might feel outside of yourself. Um, That is because in order to see from within in a new way, sometimes you have to look from without. If you go into this place with an open mind, understanding that, and understanding that you really, you do have control over your body and your mind, even when you don't always feel you do, you will be much more prepared to handle any cannabis-induced anxiety as soon as it crops up. And once you nip that in the bud, you really do become in control of the situation in a way that won't take you on a really scary place that that you are probably anticipating in a reefer madness-like way, which I am not you and I don't have your experiences with drugs, but I understand from other friends' experiences that that is real and frightening. When you have a low tolerance, it can be a truly overwhelming experience with cannabis and just your response can be can be so overstimulating and it's going to be okay so if this is your experience and overstimulation leads you to to maybe want to to feel nauseous or be sick um there are ways to remedy that though they aren't as effective as ways to try to avoid it altogether. So we definitely want to discuss those options as well. And some of it might be repeat, but like I just said in my last podcast, even I as a regular user in this this new wave of access and plethora and social uh, engagement, because this is a social drug, it's very easy to become over-medicated. And there's so many options that even regular users can have issues with cannabis-induced anxiety. So I think we can definitely uh, just just help everybody cope a little bit better with a very normal response to experimenting with weed. A damn joint keeps going out. I can't stop talking. And then these papers are really good. You know, if you're going to keep talking, they go out on you, which is nice. You don't want to be wasting your joint. But then it's not there when I hit it. So I'm not even sure why I'm telling you because I'm going to edit it all out anyway and you guys aren't even going to care. It's not going to affect you except that it affects me. And you care about that, right? Yeah. Okay, well, one of the best ways to treat all of these forms of anxiety, no matter what they are, Uh, anxiety you bring to the table, cannabis-induced anxiety, or just issues with low tolerance 
if that is a, a reason that you find your anxiety is there um, past experiences with cannabis force anxiety to come to the table when you do that's absolutely an issue then the use of cbd is going to be your first step that is charlie bravo delta it is a sister cousin to the very popular thc however it works in very different ways so we're going to discuss what some of that is and and how THC also still factors in to that. Now, I do also want to say this is just a really small portion of understanding how to apply pot to problems with anxiety and your understanding of cannabis all around. So I absolutely suggest that you check out some of my other podcasts if this is one of your first or the first uh, I might be throwing around a lot of terms that I will just jump over because I'm familiar with them and I've done other podcasts about them, but I'm not stopping to explain it to you again. And hopefully I'll remember be like, hey, I have a podcast about this, like CBD. I have a whole other podcast that just discusses CBD. So if you would like to know more about that, please check out my CBD podcast and you can find more at the spliffpodcast.com. That's two F's, two T's, no D.com. And there's a search button. You can search for things. If there is something that I've discussed that you can't find more information about or that you would like me to talk more about, please go ahead and ask me a question I have my phone line at 209-86-SPLIFF. That's 209-867-7543. I also have an email account, thespliffpodcast at gmail.com. Also, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, uh, all those things. So you can feel free to hit me up and ask me any kind of question. Now, the issue with CBD is that it doesn't work for everybody quite the same way. I guess the same issue that there is with THC. CBD is a neuroprotectant, whereas THC is a neurostimulant or depressant, depending on what's working on the controls. And CBD can really help slow the nervous system down, regulate it so that it isn't overstimulated, And that overstimulation is one of the things that causes a lot of anxiety. Uh, You can't turn off those nervous signals. They just keep firing and that thought keeps happening over and over and over again. And CBD can in some ways, in some strains, and for most people, help calm that process down. Not necessarily stop it, but help it become a little bit more controllable, a little bit more of, I should say, a little bit less of an emotional response and more of a rational response becomes more easily accessible when you're trying to work your way out of that anxiety. Because again, it's very rare that you're always going to be able to always use cannabis 
to relieve your anxiety. But what you can do is use cannabis to also then do the mental and emotional work that helps you redirect yourself away from the anxiety and gain a control over it. At least that's the way I experience it. Now, one of the great things about CBD is that whereas THC is very psychoactive, CBD is a mild psychoactive. Some people will say it's non-psychoactive, but that isn't entirely correct, especially if you are using whole plant CBD. So that's if you go to the dispensary and you buy the flower or the nugs, uh, that would be whole plant. If you are getting whole plant concentrate, that's also whole plant. If you are getting CBD distillate, that is not whole plant. One of the reasons why whole plant is so significant is that it contains terpenes, which can also be nervous stimulants or depressants. And CBD doesn't really work with those, but it works alongside it. So you can still feel affected. Also, if you are running kind of hot in your nervous system and you get some regulation for that, you're going to feel different. And that feeling different is psychoactivity. That's, that's what psychoactivity is. You're using a drug to alter your mental state in some way. And if you find a mental peace, then that's getting a mental change of mind, a, a mental change of perspective. Now, CBD can also work with THC. In fact, it works best with a little bit of THC. Depending on your personal tolerance, you will find that 0.5% THC, less than 1% THC, is just the right amount of pop to complement a high CBD flower. Now, ACDC is my personal favorite to recommend to people because... In my experience, across the board, there is a very high CBD content. We're talking at least 10.5% CBD and a very, very low THC content, which in my experience is consistently less than 1%, but which may go as high as 3%. Now, for some people, that's a really big difference. So getting the testing done and having a reputable lab doing the testing is a really big issue. And I do have a podcast about test results, how to test test results, how to read test results, and and how to go about making sure that they're reputable. Uh, So feel free to check that out. But if you have consistently had very bad experiences with cannabis in the sense that they are overwhelming, overstimulating, and not in any way very therapeutic feeling, definitely pick up a strain like ACDC that is very, very high in CBD and very, very low in THC. If you are the person who just generally feels kind of overstimulated uh, by cannabis and and maybe in your experience hitting a strain is great for a party but you feel kind of dumb and you don't really want to feel like that you just want to 
relax at the end of a night before bed, having a more even CBD to THC ratio can be a much more therapeutic level for you. If you're also somebody who finds that they need a lot of body pain relief, or uh, maybe you have MS or uh, Tourette syndrome, things like that, where uh, you usually find some therapeutic value in cannabis, but you're looking for another medicinal edge, a little bit more control uh, in, in its effects. Mixing in CBD is a great way to go about doing that. Another reason that I like CBD in my mix is that it can immediately counteract any of the anxiety that you might have experienced with a just THC strain. So if you like the giggliness that you get, but then you know it kind of starts to unravel and your brain starts going and that's the part that that becomes uncomfortable, starting with high CBD or having a mix of CBD and THC to begin with is a really great way to kind of stave off that anxiety right from the get-go. If it didn't work for you, try lower THC, higher CBD. Uh, If you can, the way to go is lower THC instead of trying to get higher CBD. So if 5% THC to 8% CBD is uncomfortable for you and you find one that is 10% CBD to 5% THC, you could try that. But I would suggest finding something that just has lower THC to begin with and starting that way first. If you had a somewhat pleasant experience with a higher THC content and it was just a little uncomfortable, then go for a higher CBD. But if you were still pretty uncomfortable in it and that's just not for you, lower that THC first. Now, higher CBD works for some people because CBD actually can counteract the effects of THC. For some people, that is almost instantaneous. They can be high, really high. In fact, they can be too high. And then they smoke or eat CBD and all of a sudden they're not high at all. In fact, they feel what they would testify to as stone cold sober. That isn't as common a response to CBD as just a mellow peacefulness would be in my experience, but it's absolutely a response that can be felt. Now, if you are somebody who has control issues, who does not like the overstimulation of cannabis, and is not finding relief from smoking CBD, you could also try eating CBD. There's some different metabolization that happens. Um, It isn't as immediate, but it is a way to use CBD as an anti-anxiety without having to go to a THC-rich option. Because if these CBD options aren't working for you in your experimentation, they're just not bringing 
enough reduction of your anxiety, then the next suggestion is to get a low THC or if you're comfortable with THC, a higher THC indica strain. Now, I do have another podcast, actually I have three podcasts that discuss the differences between indica and sativa. Two on the way that they affect you, including, um, I think the part two talks about CBD and the nuances of indica and sativa and how they affect you specifically. And then part three talks about how to talk to your bud tender when you're going to the dispensary or how to examine whatever weed you get from your dealer to maybe better understand what you're getting and how it's affecting you and what you can pull from that when you eventually get safe access. Because you're going to get safe access, baby. Safe access and education is so important for people who have low tolerance issues with cannabis. Being able to check the amount of THC in your weed, even if they aren't the most reliable methods that we have right now with testing, it's definitely a much better clue as to the contents of your medicine than anything we have had in the past. And it is a way to help dial in what works best for you. So if you only have access to THC-rich strains, or if you prefer to go that route to begin with, but you're still finding an anxiety, even in your indica use, you kind of want to try to reduce the potency of your strains, if that's an option, and or if not, the frequency that you're using it. So if you normally roll joints, and that's an issue for you, then don't roll joints. Get a nice little glass piece and only smoke a small bowl, just a couple of hits, or maybe a small bong where you can just do a small snapper. Reduce the frequency and the amount of weed that you're actually using because all of that is medicine into your system every time. Uh, Taking a hit and uh, savoring that, allowing it to kind of fully hit your entire body to to travel all the way through and really sink in can make a really big difference to uh, to having a more pleasant experience if if you don't want that I'm a joint smoker myself and and I'm a several joint smoker and a lot of us need many joints but we can still find relief from adding a little CBD in, just uh, just saying, just saying. I know I definitely talked about how CBD helps me in my battles with depression uh, on top of a sativa strain, which is a more stimulating strain. Indicas are more of a, a nervous depressing strain, which I've talked about, which is how you really combat that overstimulation that is associated with anxiety. Sativas are often known for inducing anxiety, so you want to try and stay away from that. And unfortunately, most of what's out there on the market is a mix of indica and sativa. So you might have to play around and change strains a little bit, even in the indica section, because you might be dealing with a lot of indica dominant strains or what is known as indica dominant um but they might not be mixing well with you they might still be uh suggesting 
certain hormone fluctuations that prevent you from experiencing the full relief that you should be able to eventually attain. So if you have the access, change strains. If you don't have access to a dispensary and things like that, there are other ways that you can change up your game to get a more varied experience. One of those includes the use of essential oils and other plant uh, terpenes and, and smells to help induce a more favorable reaction. So if orange and citrus is something that really perks you up and puts you in a happy place and that's what you're going for and the weed that you're using is is helping mellow you out but it isn't really giving you the pop that you need mixing in a little citrus would help however if you're finding that you have the wrong kind of weed and it is inducing anxiety or it just hasn't really relaxed you as much as you would like then using something that's known for being relaxing, such as lavender, can really help change the direction of your experience. There's a lot of similar things between those essential oils and the things that are responsible for the smell in weed. It's still a plant. And so while there are very specific chemical differences there are still ways to play them off of each other and they will play off of each other. Cannabinoids in your body and in the plant that you have introduced into your body will still have an exaggerated response to essential oils that you also introduce. Another option that you have is to change the method that you are using to ingest the cannabis. So if smoking is your go-to, changing it up to vaping can be a way to dramatically change the effects that you get out of that, that same flower. You can have a completely different experience vaping out of a volcano bag than you would out of smoking a joint with the same flower. So if you have those options, definitely apply them. And if you find that it hasn't worked, hopefully you have some CBD around. But the terpenes will vary significantly based on the amount of heat that is applied, um, the style of heat that is applied, and the age of the flower on top of the genetic differences that created that terpene to begin with. Now, these differences, as I've mentioned before, are the majority of what makes the difference between sativa and indica. But when it comes to anxiety, there are plenty of people who find that either one of those categories works well for their anxiety. And on that happy note, I think it's time to spark up the second joint. Now, I just got done smoking a joint of some sour diesel, which, as the name implies, has some very nose-cringing and very fuel-like, pungent smells to it. And it's known for being a very mind-racy and body-stimulating strain. And it isn't one that I normally like 
but I've been kind of depressed lately, so a little sativa like sour diesel is good to help get me going. But I don't want it to make me too racy. So right now, I'm going to smoke a joint of some Super Silver Haze, which is a great sativa strain for anxiety for most people. Sour diesel, not a good suggestion. Uh, Just in my experience, diesels and jack strains are not good sativa options for people who want an anxiety-free experience. Hazes, lemons, skunks, those can be really good for stress and anxiety, and most people, in my experience, have a reduced problem of cannabis-induced anxiety. Though everyone and every batch is different, So, you know, whatever. For me, Super Silver Haze is a cerebrally stimulating, though not overstimulating, sativa that I can smoke that also puts me in a very dreamlike state. That haze is absolutely true to its effects. It gives you kind of a a little bit of a mental cloud, which a lot of people enjoy because it takes them away from that repetitive constant nagging thought. They don't mind a little lack of control over their thoughts because it takes them into a creative space. Some people, when they lose that train of thought, they fucking lose their mind and they can't handle it. And they can't, when they can't really bring themselves back to it, then they, then, then they are uncomfortable and they are no longer having fun. Um, but we just want to remind them that's supposed to be part of the fun is to let go. Just, just let it go. In order to stop the process, you just have to let that shit go. Fuck it off. Fuck it off. I never actually watched that movie, but I did see like the Google translations of the songs. And I got to say, way to go, Disney. Yes, finally. It's been a while since there was a Disney song that I could really... I know Fuck It All isn't really like the Disney song, but it might as well be, right? Anyway. So there's going to be so much variation and variables that you can bring into this experience between sativa and indica, mild sativas, uh, things that that bring you... a loss of cognitive function, but relieve that anxiety. Uh, and then there are, you know, those really heavy indicas that just kind of depress your system out and, and just kind of turn your brain off for some people, but not always all people. And in fact, the really heavy indicas are the ones that I kind of don't like because not having a a fast enough thought process in my brain that I can have a thought as I'm speaking it freaks me out that I would have to complete an entire thought in my brain before I even tried to get it out of my mouth is not a comfortable place for me to be in unless I'm about to go to bed right away. 
and then I don't have to do any talking. And so it's not an issue. Some people, that's exactly what helps them. That amount of depression slows their system down and allows them to actually compose a fucking thought before they have to start actually using their mouth. Super heavy indicas like that uh, could be uh, really heavy OGs. Uh, Girl Scout cookies is one that can be like that, though it is indica dominant and it does have some sour diesel in it. So some batches can be very cerebrally stimulating, in which case that's when you bust out your lavender again. Uh, So what's a better example? See, the indicas are not my forte. They just, they knock me out. Um, I think like Master Kush which isn't an OG. Cushes are my preferred indicas, but because they tend to be on the lighter side, I'm going to be honest, they tend to be on the lighter side of indicas. OGs can be really heavy hitting indicas a lot of times. And that's why I tend not to prefer them. I have this gorilla OG right now that actually just, I'm like, Uh, I got a King Louie OG in the concentrate from Uncle Ronnie's that uh, I got at the Cannabis Cup, which is great. Super tasty. Concentrates are a better option for me in my Indicas because I don't feel overwhelmed by them. And, And so that's another way to switch it up. I just, I find a much more cleaner experience off of dabbing, period, than out of smoking, joint after joint, or blunt after blunt, or bong load after bong load, eventually that starts to kind of creep up on me. And it goes back to the amount of heat, the amount of cannabinoids, the amount of terpenes, and then just the 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 efficiency with which they're delivered into your body. And then also, I think that I'm really affected by the the flavonoids, or flavonoids, or however they're pronounced, And I don't understand enough of that yet. Flavonoids and inhalation is just something I'm super curious about and I'm not finding enough experience about. But now I'm kind of rambling and I haven't even lit up the Super Silver Haze. This is why I was supposed to smoke the Super Silver Haze. was because the Sour Diesel gets me kind of ramped up. And now I'm rambling. In Southern California, there is no shortage of really heavy indicas. So if you're somewhere else, come visit. Just come visit. All right, moving on. The biggest and most important thing you can do to maximize the efficiency of cannabis relieving your anxiety and not inducing any other anxiety is to really just be open fucking minded about it. Just really fucking open minded about it. Anxiety might creep up. No matter what you're using, our hormones fluctuate. These things go crazy and we just can't control it. So, If you do find yourself in the middle of what would have been a very enjoyable experience, thinking about this guy who's sitting next to you, who you may or may not know, who may or may not be a guy, who may or may not be listening to what you have been saying for the last fucking who knows how long you've been talking, just remember, you're high. 
You're just high. Everything is cool. That guy who's the guy or not a guy who's been talking to you, they're totally fine. They don't care how high you are. Maybe they do care how high you are. Maybe you could just tell them, I'm really high right now. And that can relieve a whole lot of anxiety if you're in a safe place that that happens. If you're in a place where your anxiety is induced because you're not in a legal state, and that might be an area of anxiety that uh, I used to have, that I no longer have, that I did not address at the top of the podcast, is that when you're in a place where you're not going to get busted by the cops, where you can smoke in your apartment and it doesn't matter if your landlord knows because it's a smoking complex and you are just smoking anything that is legal to you, which is your given right, a lot of the anxiety subsides. A lot of the anxiety subsides when it doesn't fucking matter that you're getting high. So, if some of your anxiety is because you're in a place where you don't feel safe, that you have just gotten high, I just want you to know that you have a personal bubble, and that personal bubble is filled with freedom motherfucking freedom and you have every right to be high right now in this place in this situation it's okay you're high enjoy it what is your brain telling you right now sometimes cannabis makes us focus on the things we don't want to focus on Because it's medicine. Because we need that reflection sometimes. And if that's what's going on with you and you don't enjoy it, yeah, maybe you shouldn't smoke weed. Maybe you shouldn't smoke weed. Even the CBD, that could help you a lot. That could help you you step your way into it. But if the potential of having to deal with things inside of you is just too fucking much man grass may just not be your game all right personally i enjoy a little randomness experiencing things outside of my comfort zone being pushed a little bit every now and then and i really appreciate the fact that i can turn to something to numb that actually refuses to let me be numb. And I get, I get kind of, I get to have my cake and eat it too in some ways. And, uh, and I've talked about in the weed and depression episode, how grateful I am that, that my vice is my medicine and how, empowering cannabis can be that I know the answer to me eventually not being such a big old pothead all the time if I so choose not to be is within cannabis itself and my relationship with it it has helped me discover that answer within myself maybe that just sounds like I'm fucking high to you guys and well you got me there I am high right now 
but I'm also really open-minded to the fact that I have options in my life. And being high at one point was an option that I had to take, that I had closed out and then opened up and had to be receptive to. And that receptivity went a long way to having a good relationship with cannabis. Now, maybe none of these things are really helpful for you. Maybe you're not the kind of person who even wants to vaporize weed. That's, it's maybe not good for your health. Maybe you have pulmonary issues. Or maybe you're just not a smoking type. Maybe that's just not, it's not something you like to do. The good news is that there are still ways that you can use cannabis that won't get you high at all, that you don't have to smoke. I mean, if you do want to get high, you could still use edibles. And I have a podcast about edibles and a podcast about CBD and how to use edibles with CBD and how all that stuff works. That will, well, you can listen to that later. Uh, But something as simple as a cannabis oil infused bath can be very anxiety relieving. Your skin and your muscles get all tensed up and cannabis can help promote relaxation without actually penetrating into your bloodstream. Uh, All the science has proved that the cannabinoids are just too large to permeate the skin layers in a way that actually severely or even moderately induces psychoactivity. There are some companies that refute that claim through their own proprietary processes, um, but they have yet to actually prove it through science. So I don't always believe it. But your skin as an organ is very receptive to cannabis. And then when you layer other oils like the essential oils into it, you can get a lot of those essential oil anxiety-relieving properties on top of the additional cannabis relaxation that so many people have come to depend upon. Uh, You can get that in a bath. You can get that in a lotion. uh, You can get that in THC. You can get that in THCA. You can get that in CBD. I haven't seen any CBDA and I wouldn't know how that works, but I would love to if you have any uh, information or uh, experiences that you want to send my way. Love to hear about them. Those are all options and ways to use cannabis to relieve anxiety that don't actually get you high. You could also use them while you smoke a joint in the bath. I do that all the time. Actually, not all the time. I don't do that nearly as often as I should. But I'm working on that. Uh, So, you know... Going back to the whole being open-minded and and this is a journey and an experience and recognizing that you have options, um, also recognizing that you are forcing a mental shift upon yourself when you do this. It is a safe drug, it is a completely non-toxic drug, but it is a drug. So if you're not familiar with drugs... What you want to do is if you don't like where your mind is taking you, take it somewhere else. A new room, a new activity, 
go outside, uh, turn on music, get in your body and out of your head, start dancing, start uh, painting, have a plan if anxiety is an issue for you. Most people are just going to want to go to sleep. Some people get very head in their head. It gets them nauseous and bit with the spins. That can be overwhelming. Getting into your body still in that state is very important. If you can uh, maybe masturbate and, and get into your body that way, or if you can give yourself a foot massage and be very, very uh, focused on what your body is feeling, get your fucking self out of your head. So if you have no experience with meditation or yoga or uh, uh, things of that nature, it can be a little bit harder for you maybe to find that focus, but it is absolutely attainable. If you're more familiar with meditation or yoga and things like that, it is exactly the same principle. I have felt way more fucking high off of kundalini than I have off of cannabis in, in most instances uh, when, when I start stacking up the numbers. Kundalini can get me very, very high almost every single time. And cannabis can just kind of uh, take the edge off sometimes. I don't get super high off of it. And I have to attack both of them with a similar attitude of getting into my body, getting out of my head, being positive about it, and and really listening to what's going on and working with it instead of against it. If you're in a place that's uncomfortable, you can either go into it further and know that you are strong and breathe through it, be positive about it, and go there with it, or you can make a, an adjustment and say, I can't be at this party, I'm going to go for a walk. Or, I really need to take a nap, you guys. I think that was too much for me. Or, these are just allergies. I have no, is there a pollen bloom right now? Because... I think between the medicine I took and and just just the flowers, I I don't I'm I don't know what's going on right now. Allergies work all the time. They're the best excuse. So if you have to lie, allergies. All right. Now one last thing that I want to talk about because this is already going on pretty long is anxiety that develops after the fact. Some. People might find that you develop anxiety weeks after you have smoked, that you still are running kind of hot, that you still have these thoughts that you can't let go of. Now, I've talked before about um, patients who felt depressed using indica to help them sleep and people who use sativas to relieve anxiety might actually find that or I should say even people who have just experimented with cannabis and had a, a stimulating experience out of it may find that they 
have continued anxiety throughout. And that's because your body still has cannabinoids within it. We store cannabinoids and you can check out a podcast about the endocannabinoid system if you wanted to. And what that does is it's a way of physiologically regulating your body that cannabis specifically taps into. When we store the cannabinoids from the cannabis in our body, in the fat, and then burn the fat, we can metabolize those cannabinoids over and over. And therefore, we can respond to other things in our body in much the same way. So you may find that you are more depressed than usual or more anxious than usual after using cannabis if you are very sensitive to it. Um... And, and, and that can be very disconcerting for a lot of people and uh, absolutely understandable. I mean, I'm not that sensitive to things. In fact, if I were, I probably would have just built up a tolerance. And you can continue to use for some people and build a tolerance where that that stuff goes away. It eventually goes away. But the best thing to do is to get a hold of some CBD Even if you didn't use it in your first cannabis experience, using it after the fact can help more quickly regulate your system back to normal, whether you're being depressed or anxious. uh, It it can help lower the stimulation or, or bring back up the depression to help your system function regularly once again. Uh, What you don't want to do, however, is overcorrect. If you have a bunch of anxiety, then you don't want to go and get a really heavy indica uh, to kind of lower that even further because you may find that then you fall into this funky depression and then you start rolling into this weird manic cycle. CBD is the best way to stave off all of those after effects until you become a well-seasoned toker, and then you can pretty much correct within the moment. So if I have anxiety that is cannabis-induced, I can usually smoke some CBD or an indica on the spot, and that will help regulate me out and even me out a little bit better. So it's the same principles, just based on your personal tolerance, how long of a time period you're actually going to have to be dealing with those effects. All right, you guys, that's going to be it for me. I hope you uh, were able to get some good answers about cannabis and anxiety and just the topic uh, as a broad spectrum thing anyway. I didn't even get to my pipe load full of hash, but hey, I've got some hash right now and I have to say it's so good too. It's an end of harvest hash that's just a big motley mix of a bunch of different flowers from somebody's garden apparently and... It was, uh, I don't know if it was beat out or if it's bubble hash that was made with water. It seems like it was a beaten hash, but because the terpenes are just all over the place because it's a bunch of different strains, every time I hit it, it's like a different bowl. It's like a different strain. So I get indica sometimes and sometimes I get sativa and each time I hit it, it's just a different it's a different flavor. It's a super fun bowl, but it does take me all over the place. And uh, 
Yeah, I think I think my sour diesel silver haze combination worked out once I finally started using it correctly. If you would like some further information, you can check out the blog posting that I have up at the spliffpodcast.com slash podcast. And there's this great Reddit thread that is just really comprehensive, really well written for the most part, and is an excellent source, I think, for people to find other types of cannabis users that they can identify with for their problems. And then hopefully we can address a solution in this podcast. We have addressed a solution in this podcast. I am keeping my fingers crossed. If not, pay attention for next week's donor moments and uh, maybe we'll find an answer there. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week. It'll be a surprise for everybody. All right, guys. Thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now.